The epistle lesson for this, the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany, is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward, but not of my own will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. And to those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. This text will also serve as the basis for the sermon this morning. Immediately, Jesus left the synagogue and he entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever and immediately they told him about her. And he came and he took her by the hand and he lifted her up and the fever left her. And she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him. And they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And Jesus said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I have come here. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is the gospel lesson as I read it to you just a few moments ago, but I want to highlight these verses from Mark chapter 1. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed, and the whole town gathered at the door. 
And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This is our text. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is with us in our troubled times. These are troubled times. There were troubled times in Jesus' day as well. There was sickness, there was poverty, there was demon possess, d- possession. There were people struggling to live in spiritual darkness, and yes, there was much death. But we see that Jesus was a tender Savior for troubled times. Jesus took Peter's mother-in-law by the hand. She was overwhelmed with fever and possibly close to death, and he healed her. Notice in the text how complete her healing was as her fever left her and she immediately began to serve them. A tender Savior for troubled times. Well, news quickly spread throughout the town of Capernaum, and the whole city lined up at the door of of Peter. I can imagine the scene, can't you? I mean, people are yelling, and people are wailing, and people are pushing, and they're shoving shoving one another, and they're elbowing one another out of the way, concerned that their need is of greater importance than the other person. And Jesus' response? Well, he laid his hand, his healing hand, on the people, who suffered a variety of different diseases, including demon possession, and he healed them. A tender Savior for troubled times. Jesus, he could have spent his whole ministry right in that region of Capernaum. Capernaum, the name Capernaum, means house of comfort. And Capernaum was a place very much kind of like Florida or Arizona, a warm climate, It's got hot healing springs. There's health spas of all varieties, populated by chiropractors and massage therapists. Capernaum was a magnet, a magnet for people who were experiencing physical and mental health issues. But you see, Jesus knew that his mission was more than just staying in one location. When the people tried to prevent Jesus from leaving, he said to his disciples, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Our Lord knew that there were other people who needed his tender care. Jesus is still a tender Savior for troubled times. In 1992, Nancy Pulte Richard marketed a Jesus doll at Christmas time. It was about two feet. That's two feet, right? It was about two feet. It was machine washable and could bend at the waist. Now, some Christians thought that this was just wrong, and they opposed the marketing of this Jesus doll because they thought it was disrespectful. And Nancy's response was this. She said, let's face it. Jesus is down in the trenches with us. The doll is not just for children. It can provide solace for the elderly, the infirm, and those under emotional stress. No doubt the doll, the Jesus doll, was of some comfort to people. 
But a Jesus doll is nothing like the real, tender, caring Jesus who lives with us day by day. Jesus is our living, loving, ever-present Lord. He is the Holy One of God who possesses authority to rebuke and drive out demons, to heal the sick, to liberate those addicted to living in spiritual darkness, and even bringing people back from death to life. Well, as I said before, these are troubled times. The seismic earthquake known as COVID-19 has rattled the world and its ongoing aftershocks continue to unsettle our lives. And then who of us doesn't struggle with temptation and with sin? Who of us doesn't know someone clashing with cancer or some other devastating illness? Who of us doesn't know someone who is trapped in a dysfunctional family? Who of us doesn't know someone who is struggling with mental health issues? And who of us doesn't know someone who is troubled by the downturn in the market and is possibly even looking for a job? And who of us can't see the restlessness and the anger and the feeling of hopelessness that seems to be growing in so many people, experienced by so many people, and really it's just symptoms of a spiritual crisis that's going in their life as they're searching for purpose and meaning in life, but apart from Christ. And who of us can't see that the devil has taken possession of the hearts and minds of many people who are deaf and resistant and even antagonistic towards the invitation of our tender Savior? Yes, these are troubled times. In fact, I'd say they're painful times. C.S. Lewis observes, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our consciences but he shouts in our pains. Pain is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. With all the turmoil in our lives, God is not just shouting at us, but I think he's yelling at us. In fact, I think he's put the megaphone right to the side of our ear and he's shouting into us like, wake up, come to me. If I'm a tender savior, for your troubled times. I actually find it baffling that more people aren't lining up at Jesus' door, turning to him for solace and for healing and hope. But the question I want us to consider for the next few minutes is, how will we respond? How will you and I respond to our calamities, to our troubled times? You see, calamity, troubled times, calls for faith, confident faith in God despite our apprehensions. But here's the thing about faith. What matters isn't the amount of faith that we have or even the quality of faith that we have. It's the object of our faith. The Lord in whom we trust is what matters. The Lord in whom we trust is called the suffering servant in Isaiah's Old Testament writings, in his prophecies. He's the man of sorrows who's acquainted with grief. And Jesus suffered sorrow and anguish because he wanted to help us in our troubled times and he wanted us to get through them. He came to heal and to exercise and to liberate us from demons and from sin and from even death itself and and hell. And he accomplished his mission by enduring suffering and anguish for us. 
in the hymn, When Peace Like a River, we sing, though Satan should buffet, though trial should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. Yes, our, our Savior has shed his own blood for our soul. As we confessed of Jesus, our Lord, earlier in this service, he has redeemed me. He has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person. He has purchased and won me from, from all sins, from, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold and not with silver, but with his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him. Trusting in this man of sorrows who is acquainted with grief is key. It's essential to managing and overcoming troubled times. Our affliction is our link to Jesus. We're not alone in our suffering. Emotional and physical distress can be endured not because we have sufficient grit and determination to push through it, but because He, our suffering servant, is walking alongside of us. We have company when we hurt, and it's none other than the Lord, our God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. As one hymn writer puts it, because your son knew agony and loss, felt desolation, grief, and scorn and shame, we know you will be with us, come what may your loving presence near, always the same. Friends, Jesus is our tender Savior for our troubled times. Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa's older brother, a lieutenant in the Albanian army, was shocked when he learned that his sister had become a nun. And he wrote her, How could a little girl like you become a nun? Do you realize that you are burying yourself? And her reply was firm and pointed. You think that you're important as an officer in the king's army while I'm serving the king of the whole world. How fortunate and privileged you and I are to to be servants of the king. And a life of serving our king involves bringing troubled people the gospel message of Jesus Christ. In the epistle lesson for today, we we heard St. Paul say, I am compelled to preach the gospel. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Yes, our, our king sends you and me out into the world to, to minister to other people, to bring them that good news, to, to share with them that message that they have a tender Savior for their troubled times. And Can you think of something that is more helpful to someone than to bring them the word of God? that speaks to them, to that person who is struggling with the temptation of sin and who had fallen into sin. Think of how the Word of God, that gospel message that Christ died for their sin, liberates them and grants them peace of mind. Think of that person who feels like they're all alone and and unloved by their family, who are caught up in that dysfunctional family, to know that they have a loving Father who, who is ever by their side and who loves them with an unconditional, everlasting love. Think of that person who is dealing with that devastating illness and, and, that, and the reality of, of cancer and to know that whether they live or die that Jesus Christ is giving them victory through his resurrection from the dead. And think of that person who's 
faced with an unemployment and wondering where the next check will come from, to know that they're not alone, but the Lord Jesus Christ is walking a line alongside of them. And he will provide for them in their time of need one way or the other. Yes, you and I have this wonderful message from our Lord that we can go and proclaim to other people and we're compelled to do it, to bring hope and healing into the lives of other people, trusting that the Holy Spirit will break down whatever barriers that they may have erected so that they'll, the Spirit will speak to their heart and bring them to faith in Christ or nurture their faith and fortify their faith so that they may endure every trial that they face. And as servants of the king, he sends us not only to speak the gospel, but then to share his love and compassion with them. To come alongside the people that we know and to love them as Christ loves them. To listen to them, to weep with them, to pray with them, to share his love with them through our words, but yes, also our deeds. And a life of being a servant of the king, of helping people through troubled times is trying and it's tiring. Even Jesus needed some time for solitude, for prayer, for discussion with his father. Mark's gospel says very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up and he left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. My encouragement to all of you in these trying times is to try to find that time in your life where you can spend time in prayer talking with your Heavenly Father. Maybe it's early in the morning. Maybe it's later in the evening. Maybe it's just sometime through the day when you find three minutes to be able to just get away for a moment and kind of hide yourself, even if it's in the bathroom, and just spend time talking with your Heavenly Father. I know that's difficult to do, especially when you got children running around at your feet or whatever it might be, but oh, how important it is for all of us, no matter who we are, to just spend that moment in prayer, meditating upon his word, possibly having music fill our home, Christ-centered music that is where the Holy Spirit is able to work on our heart and mind and to, and to bring his comforting, consoling word into our minds and into our hearts. How important it is for all of us to gather and worship, whether it's here in the sanctuary or on Facebook Live. How important it is for us to gather together in Bible study as we do through Zoom or through Facebook. Yes, we need one another. We need community more than ever before. But most importantly, we need a tender Savior for our troubled times. And it's in His Word, and it says He invites us to come to the table that he assures us of his presence, that he even assures us of his love and forgiveness. And as he ministers to us, as our tender Savior ministers to us in our troubled times, what does he promise? He promises this. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Yes, my friends, all of us 
all of us need Jesus, our tender Savior, for our troubled times. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.